Welcome to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast, where we help gymnastics coaches and parents develop happy, healthy athletes who know how to win. Let's get started. Okay. Hey guys, it's Amy Twiggs. We have a treat today. We have Cassie Rice. She's the owner of Gym Cats with us. And she just started telling me so many things that I said, Cassie, pause. I want everybody to hear these things because there's so many great stories out there and so much inspiration behind just this, the things that seem so insignificant in our lives that we just kind of pass over. We don't even think people really care about them, but they have a lot of um, what do I want to say? Just benefit when people start hearing your story. So I told her to pause. We're going to start over. I'm going to let Cassie introduce herself and I will just be asking questions so you guys can get to know Cassie and take some of her experience to help you, coaches, parents, athletes. We want you to feel empowered. That is the purpose of all of this that we're doing. And I can tell that Cassie has the same desire. And so I'm excited for you to learn from her, from her experience and from her background what you can do to become empowered today for yourself. So Cassie, owner of Jim Katz, she's married to Mike Rice, who was a national team member. And I do love, I have to say, she threw out there that she went to University of Oklahoma, which is where I just dropped off my oldest daughter to start her doctor program. And so I just, I have this connection immediately with Cassie. I'm like, I love you. My daughter's where you were at. We know the space. So Cassie, tell us everything about you. And I'll just start asking you questions because I can tell that there's so much to, to learn for everybody. So. Let's hear it. Tell us where you're from. Uh, so I grew up in New York and my mom owned a gym there. And uh, that's where I, it's called Gym Cats, yes. And uh, it was started in 1976. So we started with two little beans on and carpeting. So yeah, really rudimentary. And uh, I got a scholarship to the University of Oklahoma. I met my husband, Mike Rice. And uh, then we moved out to Las Vegas when he got a job in Siegfried and Roy. Uh, and then I bought the gym and we were kind of struggling through both of those, the Siegfried and Roy. And then when he went to Mister was helping fund the gym because when you first own a gym, you pretty much lose money. <laughs> and that's what we did. What was hard about it? So, I mean, it's always, always the recreational program that helps create a gym, right? Right. Well, I think, I think the problem was I was going in to go make a good team program. <laughs> and actually that was the big problem. Um, I think we had six preschoolers total. Uh, in the entire gym and I was focused on lengthening the time of our workouts and you know getting our gymnasts to all do straight body cast handstands which you know there's I have a lot of mistakes that I've made um, but watching the videos of the tuck up <laughs> the tuck up arch handstands because I said all the great gymnasts did straight bodies so our girls were going to do straight bodies you know that kind of mentality you got to set the, set the standard from the very beginning right yeah so that was some of the hard things is you didn't build up the recreational. Keep going. I want to hear what else yeah. is hard for you and Mike. Oh, just all the five years of five years of pretty much losing money, um, for sure, and not focusing on the right things business wise. Um, also being in that strict uh, let's you know get you to top level gymnastics mentality, which you know did some things like uh, I'm embarrassed to say that when we first opened the gym, we had weighed kids in, which I think is the absolute worst behavior to do for anybody. I, I don't even know that doctor's offices should weigh kids in. Um, I think there's a, there's messages there that are really, really bad for, uh, especially athletes in this type of a sport. Mm -hmm. So um, made a ton of mistakes and struggled through a lot um, and had two kids along the way where I made a lot more mistakes. Um, my oldest daughter, Taylor, got a scholarship to Stanford 
and my youngest daughter, Lauren, got a scholarship to Sac State. Hold on. Did your daughter, Taylor, she went to Stanford, which is where I went. So see, listeners, I'm learning more about Cassie as we go along. <laughs> Was she a gymnast there? Yes. Yes. Oh, what, years. Years, what, years, what year did Taylor go there? Uh, she went from 2012 to 2016. Oh, I know who she is. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> You're super young. Okay. Keep going. I just expected you to be like, I, I thought your kids were maybe around my age, which is so silly for me to think that. So Taylor, we know Taylor. She's amazing. Okay. Keep going. She's <laughs> the was really lucky to have her. So yes. Yes. Um, we did have trouble. Um, first of all, I don't think anybody should ever coach their daughter because uh, for my, I think that wasn't healthy for her. Um, she did get a scholarship to Stanford and I was always trying to just help her be more perfect. And that mentality was not good for her, not healthy for her as well. When mm -hmm. she got to Stanford, there was more of that. And she literally would have been better off as a high school dropout than getting a free Stanford education, unfortunately, because of some of the things that she went through, we won't go into here, yeah. but it was, it was really bad. Um, after she left there, she went into Cirque du Soleil, met some more problems there with uh, some things with food and eating issues. And some of the people there are literally, you know, teaching you to throw up and stay thin and kind of crazy stuff there. Mm -hmm. So lots of problems. Um, in 2018 is when Tasha told me about Larry Nasser mm -hmm. and what happened to her and went on to tell me about everything that she felt in elite gymnastics and okay. uh, my world came crashing down in 2018 it was it was just I thought I was doing everything the right way I only cared about Tasha and after she told me the story which wasn't as much about how abusive or how what Larry did was a problem but how everything else really really affected her negatively and uh, almost ruined her life so when I, when I really learned about it, because I didn't know any of it was going on at the time, uh, I just took a hard look and cried for about four months and um, just said, what am I doing? What, what did, what was I thinking? What was I, you know, how could I be oblivious to this stuff? So um, it, it's been, so since 2018 till now, I've been on a mission to teach every other coach because I said, the people I looked up to, I was doing way less than they were. I was the nice coach, you know, and I was not doing something to the level that they were. So I thought, well, I'm doing it the best way, you know, and yet still it damaged her. And um, that is not what my intentions were. And I said, if there's others out there who think like I did, that they're just trying their best and unintentionally damaging their athletes, I want them to know now. Okay, there's so many stories in all of that. I think it's a beautiful story and I think it's beautiful because you know, a lot of coaches who have made mistakes, even my head coach that I just interviewed, Lisa Spini, she said a few things where she said, you know, it makes me feel good when my former athletes bring their kids to show me because then it makes me think, well, I must not have been that bad. I must not have done it all that wrong if they're willing to bring their kids back to me and show me that how much, how happy they are and what they're doing. Because I think as a coach, you literally spend more time with these kids than most parents spend with their mm -hmm. own kids. And so your influence on the coach is huge. And when you look back and you think, I had no idea, 
I wish I had known and I wish I had come from a different perspective because obviously you would never try to damage a child. But with the mentality that we have in sports, high level sports, we just want them to be successful because we think that will make them happy. Mm -hmm. And the success at the happiness level doesn't come from a medal. And that's the thing I think all of us as coaches, former coaches, um, coaches now, we're all learning that if others think that they're trying their best and it's damaging kids, um, I don't think it's intentional. So that's where I think we need more tools. I love that you're so open with so many of these stories between your own daughter, between Taylor and Tasha and your own experience of you and your husband struggling. There's so much here that we could kind of go into. And I want to just go back just for a second to your, um, your thought that no one should ever coach their daughter. And I want to just kind of, you've, you've been so vulnerable and I will just open up with you just for a minute for everybody to listen. I have a daughter who loves gymnastics. We have kids who like gymnastics and they're very talented and we have kids who love gymnastics and they have to work so hard isn't that like school too kids who just get school and it's not hard and kids who really want to do well and it's hard that's just how life is but when you say no one should ever coach their daughter it makes me want to say why not but then at the same time my daughter and i she just wanted to be better i said well i can i can get you to wherever you want to go right we just believe that because we've been there we know what it takes we're like, oh, you want to be the top? We can do that. So right. she would wake up early and we'd do conditioning at home and she'd go to the gym an hour early and I'd work with her and she would work so hard to the point where our relationship was so strained because her body was not doing what I thought it should do. If she was supposed to be stronger, she should be able to, at this point, she should be here. And I thought it should be going, moving faster and her body should be able to do bars so much easier. Why is she? Why is it so hard for her? Mm -hmm. It's not hard for me. So I do think there's a point when you say no one should ever coach their daughter. I think that's definitely a thought. And I think it's definitely something worth looking at. I don't think it's a truth, but I do think that it's really good for us as parents of kids. And I think it helps when you have parents. I heard somebody say, you should never coach unless you've been a parent. And you should never judge as a parent coaches unless you've been a coach. That you should understand both sides of that before we have judgment on either side. But I do think there's a, a thing because my, I realized with my daughter, I said, I, I can't coach you anymore. I get right. too frustrated when I don't see the results that I think you should have by now. And she, and she would be in tears saying, mom, I want you to keep coaching me. And I said, I, I don't like who I am. I don't right. like the mom. I don't like the coach that I'm becoming because I think I know what's right. And apparently it's not right. I right. think I know what I can do to get you there and it, it can't. So it, it totally gave me a perspective of, I love this kid too much to be the one to tell him well, maybe this isn't maybe this isn't the future that your body wants because your body started breaking down because she was working so hard. So she ended up having the quicks. Her she had ankle problems, knee problems at the age of twelve, and it was just one of those things, right? And it was devastating for her for me to say we're done. Like your body is not going to be able to do this, and she was so sad. So she tried all sorts of other sports and went back into gymnastics yeah. as non-competitive, and she she just has the passion but not, not the body, but I was, I was becoming somebody that I didn't think I'd ever be where I was angry and I was upset and it, and I was taking it out on her and she would just cry and say, I know you're trying to make me better. I'm getting vulnerable now, guys. It's, it's a world where you get, um, you let your emotions run and you are not managing your emotions and you become somebody that you aren't. That's not who you want to be. That's not the best version of you. So Cassie, I love that you open up in a lot of these areas that, that you, your daughter tell me about your story a little bit there if i was if i was to do it all over again because i she loved gymnastics as well 
but there was too much pressure and she, she achievement was a lot. I mean, we had a super successful gym. We have a kid in the Olympics. We, um, everything that we keep doing was at to this really high level. So it kept focusing on achievement, 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 achievement. What I would do it differently is who cares if your daughter, you know, hadn't gotten this or wasn't achieving that result. First of all, everybody learns differently. It's hard for certain people. Some kids just can do stuff. And other kids, even if they work really, really hard, they're not going to do Simone's triple-double. You know, there, it, there's, there's limits. And, you know, obviously there's limits way before triple-double. But there are limits where a, a kid is never going to do your tinkle layout. Or, you know, that doesn't matter how hard you work. There are some kids not capable physically of that. So when you're pushing them to do that, it's uh, a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you expect it, when you're like, no, I can, I can get you there. When you think right. you, have that you power. think it's about you, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And if I was to do it all over again, I would never correct my daughter. Mm. I would tell her only the praising of when things were better or good, and I would let every other coach tell her if something needed to fix. Mm. I would completely do that differently, and I do that now with all my athletes. Uh, lots and lots and lots of praise. And when they ask me, you know, sometimes when nothing's improving, I'm like, let me just film that for you. And, you know, their legs are all bent up and they can't get over. And you say, just watch it. What do you think? You know, because you don't want to say, your legs are really bent again. Your legs are really bent again. <laughs> You're not jumping enough. Your legs are bent again. You know, so you don't want to do that. So you try to find ways that are more positive, which I include as filming um, occasionally or partners or mm-hmm. anything. Our job should not be constantly to tell them what's wrong. And that's what people think their job is. Yeah. Tell, hey, give me a medal. I found out her legs were apart. I win. <laughs> Your legs are apart. You know, Your toe is not pointed. I love that. Right. So, so I, I, I said that the coach who can spot problems, I mean, you're almost just like a parent. You, you don't have much expertise there. You, you saw her legs are apart. Now, what does she do to, to fix that? It's very difficult. And as you build them up uh, self-esteem-wise, they actually make changes easier and better. Yes. But we don't, we don't coach like that. Yes, I agree 100%. Coach saying what was wrong, what was wrong, what was wrong, what was wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, I love that this is one of my foundational beliefs is that when a kid gets to the point where they have the foundation, they can do something great that you know they can kick up their handstand and hold it for a minute. They have the drills. I really believe in the self-coaching, teaching them how to be responsible for their own coaching right. through filming. It's brilliant through partners. Brilliant because I totally agree with you that I think our job is to let them figure out what they need to do, not to tell them that they're wrong, but to say, Hey, how does it feel? Cause I, I'm really, I love emotional man- management. How does it feel? Does it feel like you're getting where you want to go? And then filming is beautiful. Let them figure it out. Slow it down. And games. Slow, we yeah. Do games. We I do love games. It. Games, games, games. So tell so us there's, what you do that, that works well when they're struggling with their self-esteem. Uh, well, we do lots of team games, period. So it's just fun. And, you know, connect four or we do card games or we do, uh, we have heads up, you do partners. And it's more focusing on other parts of their life. Like, hey, let's uh, have fun over here instead of, you didn't achieve, you didn't achieve, you didn't achieve. So it's it's a lot about trying to uh, get outside of the tiny little task and make them go, hey, I like coming to gymnastics. And we work really hard, but it's not so focused on success or failure, success or failure. It's the process, 
We're going to enjoy ourselves. We have warm-up dances that we've learned. We have stretches to music. We have all different ways. Like, we don't go, okay, national team run, let's go. And they do the same old run that's 10 minutes around the floor. And, you know, just the monotony and the and the gruelingness of the tough conditioning and all that. We try to change that all up all the time. And it's a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. a ton of work, actually. Yeah. Um, but it, it yields results in that our teenagers want to be in the gym. And to me, like, I don't see any more value to my junior elite that I have, Kaylin. Mm-hmm. I don't see any more value to her than I do to the level nine struggling to do their first shoot over. You know, it's, what's the because difference? Because there isn't. There is, there no, is no different value. But no, that's how coaches actually treat kids all the time is this one has value, this one doesn't. Sometimes that is from the parent pressure too. So we do, you're right about the parent side of this triage. We have to, uh, get all three on the same page and mm-hmm. what's healthy for the athlete, wh- what the parents' expectations was healthy for them. And mm-hmm. my number one uh, quote to parents constantly, tell them, tell your kids you just love watching them no matter what they do. Tell your kids you love watching them no matter what they do. Tell your kids you love watching them no matter what they do because then they go, oh, so if I go this level, she doesn't care. If I go that level, she doesn't care. Um, she just loves watching me. That builds those kids up and plus it lets them take ownership of their sport and it's their sport not your sport yes i think that is a huge point is taking ownership of everything i think when they think that they're doing it to please the parents to please the coach i used to my teammates and i used to try to see if we could get the coach's attention (laughs) we would do anything to get the coach to talk to us because she was really good about watching and we would reflect all of our thoughts on her like she doesn't think i'm good enough oh wait maybe she does right now (laughs) you know but i love the ownership everybody needs to take responsibility for their own life instead of trying to manipulate each other so I love that. Tell your kids, you just love watching no matter what they do. Parents, I hope you heard that because I know when I used to get in the car with my dad, he'd say, how was Jim? And I'd say, good or bad. You know how teenagers do, huh? Right? We just kind of shrug our shoulders. And then he'd say, he'd always tell me a joke. So did you hear about the, you know, my dad was not invested in my results. Right. He was invested with me as a human. And That's if we healthy. can get the kids to be a human, and then they just do gymnastics, then the performance always goes up. Always. They always do better when there's less stress. So the 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 two a days, the moving your family across the country, the elite gymnastics, you know, eight hour days, whatever. Those things are so you're sacrificing so much that you better be so sure certain that that is going to pay off. And for most kids, it doesn't. So when people talk about I have an elite program, mm-hmm. I don't believe in that unless you're one of those places that gets people transferring from all over the country, which again, has a ton of sacrifice in there. So it's, it makes it when something is so important, Mm -hmm. meaning we have to leave our state, Mm -hmm. meaning we have to do two a days, meaning we have to drop out of school, meaning Mm -hmm. it's so important, the stress that goes on these kids shoulders for Mm -hmm. what they must do in the gym every day is enormous. And as soon as you put a ton of importance on something, anything, Mm -hmm. it creates stress, and that's going to create a problem. So Mm-hmm. I tell parents also that pretend, pretend it doesn't matter. I go, gymnastics is my entire life, but it means nothing mm-hmm. in a way. So I say, don't make it so important. We're not doing life and death surgery in the, in the ER. Mm-hmm. We are trying to build kids and their self-esteem first. And then if we achieve gymnastics on the site, wonderful. You know, and that's what we're about. We do teach gymnastics. And it's not like I don't have knowledge there and don't try hard there, but that should not be the number one concern. 
I 100% agree. And I love the idea that anything, even for kids, when we think we're going to a big competition, then everything becomes tense. And when you see gymnastics and kids are tense, as a judge, when I, I stopped certification, but USAG judge, I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, that poor thing. She's thinking this is a big deal, right? Okay. You can see them on the event and they're super like robotic. You're like, oh, they're not having any fun. That's so sad. Yeah. They're missing out on the enjoyment of the sport. Right. But again, like you said, the, the enjoyment, when you can get them just to come and love what they chose to do when they were little, cartwheels. I love seeing kids do cartwheels in the grass at the playground. You're like, that's what gymnastics is. Right. And when you can see that in the gym, their performance always goes up. Their consistency goes up. Their desire to, to try goes up. Their desire to fail and get back up goes up. So I love that it, there's just nothing that's, that's, nothing that's important. And right. all we know is we're just doing this just because. And if it right. and when, they, when they say I have to get to four, level four or level five, or I have to be a level 10, or I have to get a scholarship, I go, do you have to though? Do you remember who was the Olympic champion 20 years ago? Nobody remembers. No one cares. It, even if you get to the Olympics, it, it doesn't mean a ton. In fact, yeah. a lot of the Olympians come home and yeah. I have interviewed a bunch of them and they have thoughts of suicide after coming home from the Olympics because they feel worthless after they're done. Yeah. And that's a problem too. So it's that putting all eggs in one basket importance on the sport and elite gymnastics or whatever their achievement is that mm -hmm. the parents, the coaches and the kids all need to learn about that. It's just not worth it. And it's <laughs> not even not worth it. It's just, there's so much more fun to it. There's so much fun in gymnastics. There's so much fun in life. And I love that you bring games in because gymnastics is not just about doing a handstand. Gymnastics is learning how to enjoy what you are capable of at any, in any area of your life. So it's like, you know, teaching you, you've had all these experiences that brought to your point where you're like, wait a second, I do love being a coach. You could have quit. You could have quit after Tasha came to you and said, I just, I did it all wrong. I'm done, which a lot of people do, but you are a high competitive gymnast as a high competitive athlete. We don't like to, I don't really believe the, the word quitting is actually a phrase to me. It doesn't make sense to me anymore. We don't like to just redirect because we don't think we're capable of understanding and mastering something. You just found a different perspective of, wait, maybe I've been thinking about this all wrong. Maybe the truth is I'm a great coach. I was a great gymnast. I have tons to offer and we can do it from a different way, a different, something completely different than everybody else has been doing. Maybe we could do it from a space of, we actually like gymnastics instead of just sure. the Correct. Uh, so uh, the USGCOA, which is the U.S. Gymnastics Club Owners Association in 2018, yes. uh, no, in 2019, uh, Tasha and I went and did a presentation. It's on our YouTube link where we spoke. Uh, Jim Katz uh, has a YouTube channel and I put all those videos up there. They're not the greatest quality because they're not professional. Well, they're, they're shot from a distance, so it's through a microphone, so it's not the greatest uh, mm -hmm. audio. But the message is clear in that I went on that talk with Tasha and it was really, really hard for me and, and stress, most stressful public speaking because I've, I've done a lot of public speaking, but that one, it was, it meant so much to me. I didn't want to mess it up. Mm -hmm. um, and Tasha came on with me and we talked about why did, why did we, did I coach the way I coached with Tasha? Why did I lead her the way I did? Mm -hmm. And it was this mentality of the leaders of me was get them to be this no matter what. And if you don't, you failed. Mm -hmm. And so that mentality made me push. I remember beam assignments where 
she was just struggling, crashing off the side, crashing off the side. I'm like, go again, go again. And that's what those coaches were doing so much of that I thought that's what you have to do to be a good elite coach. And I won't get her to where she needs to be. if I don't make her do that stuff. So I pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And that part I believe was damaging to her. Even if she doesn't say that was one of the damaging things. I know it is because I would never do that now. I, I asked the kids, Hey, do you think we need to modify the assignment? You're looking like you're struggling today. What do you think? Maybe we should just be done with beam today. It's okay. What do you think? Mm -hmm. And that's not the culture that I was ever taught yeah. Uh, in the Bella Caroli era that I was grew up in, I was like, oof, I'm the nice coach. I, if, if she doesn't make it, that's because I was too nice. And I was, you know, I didn't follow everybody. Yeah. And that's not the leadership that I want uh, at the top of USA Gymnastics. And I've been pushing leadership there a lot to change that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it can help all the way uh, around if we change the people at the top telling what we should do and how you should think about your coaching. Yes, 100%. And I think that the, 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 like you said, there's nothing wrong with what happened because it did happen. We can't go back and change it. We can't beat it up. We can't change it. We can't resist it because that's only going to make it worse for all of us. But we can learn from it. And we can become better coaches, better gymnasts, better parents because of what we learned doesn't work in a place that's satisfying because there are too many elite athletes, too many collegiate athletes, too many Olympians that leave wondering what was the point. What was the point of all of it? And why did I do that? And do, am I happy with me? Do I even know who I am now? Right. And they struggle with their self. It's, it's and still happening. Like, it's still yeah. happening now. So right. it, it still is in college and in, in the jail program. It's, it's, it's going to be a slow progress. But the more you, the more we express the idea that, you know what, maybe there's a totally different way to go about this. That's a lot more satisfying for the whole um, all of them, the triage, the parents, the, the coaches, the athletes, and you can still get to levels that you want to get to. Like you said, you still have high level gymnasts, but you're not doing it because you think they have to do it. They're not doing it because they think they have to do it. They're doing it because they want to be there. And that's a very different way to come from. Right. And, and just real quick on the, on the, on the past thing, I, I think that every coach who did make mistakes the way I did, um, and some a lot, uh, harsher mistakes and are being called out online and all that. There is really only one thing to do. And it's, I, I have A, A, C. And that the first A is acknowledge. You have to talk to the people who you've harmed and acknowledge what you've done. Mm -hmm. The second A is you need to apologize for what you've done. And then the C is, you know, commit to change. You have to commit that you're not going to do these things the way they're doing them that way, the way you did in the past, you're going to change. And my part of change is also helping others change. I think that's really important. And that's part of your purpose too. Now is we always take our passion, just like you did before you took your passion and you help other people with it. But the way we went about it was maybe not very effective. And now you have a passion to show that there's another way. And I love the AAC. One of the people that I would suggest that all you coaches out there who have kind of been beating yourself up for how you did things in the past, maybe think about one of the people that you've harmed is yourself. So acknowledge that you've hurt yourself and maybe apologize to yourself and have compassion on yourself for doing it the way you thought was best. There's nothing wrong with doing our best. That's what we're taught to do. But when you find there is another way, then not only do you go to those, like, like Cassie said, but you are one of those people. You didn't like who you were either. I guarantee you that wasn't the best version of you when you were showing up in a way from fear, from thinking you weren't doing it right or doing it enough or that I was a nice coach. And if she doesn't make it, it's because I was too nice. I'm not mean like the others. Those are all beautiful. AAC, acknowledge, acknowledge who you've 
you've harmed and then apologize, but you are one of those people that you need to apologize to and have compassion for, because you are not, you are human. Humans are good and bad. We are right and wrong. Nobody's just right. Nobody's just good. We are all trying to change and learning from that and learning from each other is the purpose of all of this, right? And enjoying it along the way is one of those things that we didn't know was acceptable in the sport. And now we know we can, which is, you know, who knew you could have fun in gymnastics, right? So it's kind of fun to see that. And it makes it a lot more fun when you realize, hey, Cassie, you're, you're amazing. And you apologize to your past Cassie going, hey, sorry, I did it that way. Won't ever look like that again. Yeah. And you feel better about you because you are in a space where you know who you are and you don't have to follow anybody else anymore. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's very hard. It's a very hard place to go to. Yeah, I'm sure. But I think it's the only the only way to go forward is to really acknowledge and apologize for your past, because otherwise, the harm that you've done is just floating out there, and there's resentment, and you just need to learn about it and just go, "I'm sorry," and yeah. and you can't change what you've done in the past, but you can do something better going forward. I love it. I love it so much. Thank you so much. There's so many things in here. So you've given some ideas to parents. You've given some ideas to um, coaches, things that they can do. And the, weather, the other thing about acknowledging and accepting, sometimes we're afraid that if we tell somebody sorry, then we're, then we're saying, I was wrong. And we don't like to be wrong. We don't like to admit that, well, wait a second, I wasn't as bad as them, but it doesn't mean anything. It just means you were wrong. And it's hard to apologize and take that ownership, like you said, the responsibility for your actions. So the only other thing, I mean, there's so many things in here that I want to talk about, but I know if I've told, if you haven't heard, I have four teenagers, one just turned 21, but I still call her a teenager. Um, but I just, they always say, mom, we're not going to listen if it's more than 10 minutes. I'm like, so I guess they're going to get, they're going to cut me off already for this one. But <laughs> we try to keep it to where the athletes will listen to So as far as Tasha and Taylor, you've had some really dramatic um, experiences with athletes who have opened up to you, which is amazing that they feel close enough and they respect you and they feel um, like they can trust you enough to say, hey, I'm hurting too. And for them to be able to express and you can see that they're still having, we all still have problems and things we're working on, mm -hmm. that they're still trying to figure things out. What do you suggest to the, I mean, what do you suggest to athletes? What have you learned from Tasha and from Taylor that maybe you can give to the athletes that might help them uh, through their journey of, you know, I, I a lot of juniors like to quit because they don't know if they're going to make the collegiate team. A lot of sophomores, juniors are always like, I don't know if this is worth it. I don't know mm -hmm. if, if anybody even cares. I don't know if I'm going to even get a scholarship. What do you say to Tasha and Taylor when they're really struggling? Well, I think the problem that they told me after the fact is a problem with how the culture I created as a coach. So I think the most important is that the, the gym that they're in does have a culture where you can go in, you can talk to the owner, you can talk to the head coach, you can address some feelings that, that bother you without being called the bad kid or the pain in the butt, you know? So that's really important mm -hmm. uh, to, to stopping the whole cycle to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I think the athletes, the, the hard part for the athletes is they're not in the position of power. Mm -hmm. So I think all the people in power really have to check themselves first. Mm -hmm. um, but if they were a very brave athlete who is not in the position of power and mm -hmm. can stand up to say, hey, in this situation, there's some girls whose feelings are hurt over here or I'm bothered by this over there or whatever the issue is, mm -hmm. that they can stand up and say that no matter what's going to happen to them, which is very hard because you may be kicked out of the gym or you know whatever if you have someone who's not receptive to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, 
But if you can do that, you're doing what's right and you can feel good about that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think that's really hard. We went through a lot of issues at Stanford with that. So, um, you know, just, I, I think that this is a, a big thing. I was told all along the way, you know, you don't, don't, you can't say anything to that. They won't listen here. Don't do that there. And I just think that's wrong. I, I, I'm finding over and over again that in time, the truth comes out. And oh. it, yeah. And, so, and it's painful when you don't help it come out yourself. It's exactly. a lot more embarrassing. It's a lot more difficult to handle right. when you don't willingly offer what's really going on and accept exactly. that maybe you were wrong. Right. Exactly. And for the athletes to be able to have a voice, I think that that is, I think communication is one of the big things that, that we need a little bit more of, but you're right. They're not in a position of power because they are just hoping that you'll get them their dreams. Right. They're just hoping that if they do what you say, they're going to get where they are going to sleep dreaming about. Right. Right. And, and if, if you're, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and if you're a coach who doesn't accept an attitude or an eye roll or, you know, lack of effort, and you only have to have this 100% perfect little robot, I call it, mm -hmm. you know, you're a problem because human beings have waves. They have ups and downs. They have days they don't feel as good. They have, they make mistakes in disrespecting. Mm -hmm. You teach them that. Doesn't mean you have to put up with the disrespect, but yeah. you're not chastising them or hating them because of that you're educating them hey you know when you talk to me like that it's making me feel this way and you know I'm trying to help you so could we work on this together or whatever you know to, to say I'm here to help you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that you went back to the coach because I think a lot of times when the coach thinks the kid has the attitude maybe it's the coach that has the attitude you know, it's, it's just a kind of a mirror of each or, other. Or you're not talking to them. What's wrong? Why, why do you feel like this? Like I've talked to a kid before and they'll say, um, you know, my mom and dad are fighting. I'm just miserable. I didn't sleep last night. And you're like, oh, well, forget this. Don't worry about that. You know, who cares about your flip-flops on beam then? Okay, sorry. Like you have way bigger issues, you know? And, and if you don't even ask and you just say, shut up and do as told, you don't even know why they're upset. Well, and their energy in the gym is always coming from things that are from before the gym. They, they you know, things are, they're coming from either their house or the day before at practice or their friends. And I love the, the idea that if you ask yourself, how much do I really know about this kid? And how much do I just really not know about this kid? Yeah. It's just two really good questions for coaches to say, do you really know anything other than they can do a good handstand? Like, what else do we really know about the kid that we're spending so much time and in influencing? So right. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And because I want to, <laughs> I might just have to have you come on and we'll focus on one more of these sections. I really want to ask you some other questions. I know everybody's probably wanting to ask you questions. Right. I just want to recap a couple of things you said. So for parents, one of the things that Cassie suggested, and I'm just going to recap because I, and then if there's anything else you can think just to offer us for tips, uh, tell your kids you just love watching them no matter what they do. It's such a great, great response. They, you probably are going to want to say, ooh, but you probably could have done better on that thing, right? You had a little more in you, but just learn how to constrain and say, tell your kids, you just love watching them no matter what they do because then the responsibility goes back on them and they're not going to blame you for anything, which is going to relieve you in the future. And they get to decide what they want to do, which is nothing to do with you. And then the other one I love is for uh, coaches, AAC, acknowledge even for parents and athletes, AAC is good for everybody. Acknowledge, talk to those that you've harmed, apologize for what you've done and commit to change. That's everybody. That's a beautiful AAC acronym. I love it. Cassie, thanks for sharing that. I don't even know if it's a good acronym. <laughs> it's a great acronym, right? And you have A's and Dreamcats and C's. And so it's a great acronym. And then for, for athletes, even though you don't have a position of power, you do have a voice. 
So make sure you voice what you're thinking and you're feeling and don't be afraid to feel terrible. It's okay. And it's okay to, to say, Hey, things are not going okay for me today. And, and you know, if you roll your eyes, like Cassie said, there's always boundaries. Coaches do need to have boundaries because that's like an employer. We have expectations of our employees, but we don't need to treat them like they're not people that they have things just like everybody else. Everybody has emotions. And I feel like a lot of times we're taught not to feel. We're taught just to accept. And so I think it's beautiful. And don't hate them when they're being human. So exactly. I love it, Cassie. Is there anything else that you want to leave coaches, parents, athletes with? Any other thoughts that you have that might, might help them? Or I, you've left so much with us, and I so appreciate it. No, it's just that it's not just gymnastics. My, uh, we adopted two boys from Uganda in 2010 and as 10-year-olds. And so now they're college athletes. And I'm listening to some of their Zoom college meetings and they're just the same mentality of who's not trying here and let's point out that person. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so it's not just gymnastics, but yeah, it's these kind of things everywhere. It is. I love it. So you had said that you have a YouTube channel and it's just called Gym Cats. Is that right? Yeah. Gym Cats, uh, Gym Dance and Cheer, Gym Cheer and Dance or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I might grab that from you and put it in the show yeah. notes. You guys okay. want to check out the, the um, message with Tasha and and Cassie, and then I'm sure there's a lot of other great things on there. Um, and then if, I'm sure if, if anybody really has some questions as a coach who's struggling, um, Cassie, are you okay with people reaching out to you if they have sure. any? Okay. Yeah, sure, anytime. Cassie's beautiful. I, I will put Cassie's information um, in the show notes too, so you guys can can get that. She's got a lot of experience um, on, on a different level, different perspectives, and she's been there. She's done it where she says, I was wrong in these areas, and now I feel like things are getting better, and I'm doing it in a way that's more productive, more useful, more healthy, emotionally, mentally, physically, and it's going to blossom into huge, huge, um, the results. You'll see it in the results. You'll see, you'll be able to feel, if I walked into Gym Cats today, I'm sure you could feel the difference of gyms. When you walk in, you can feel the difference when people are looking each other in the eye. People are owning their, their actions, they're owning their emotions, and they're willing to let other people be human around them. So Cassie, thank you so much for your time. And your thank story. you too. Thanks, Amy. Appreciate it. Okay, you guys have a flipping awesome week. We will chat with you again. Somebody else amazing, just like Cassie, next week, or maybe I'll just chat and give you guys some of my thoughts after this one. I'm having a lot of them. So we will chat with you guys soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. We believe that you've got this, but we would love to help you in your athletic journey. We know you need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created a program with short, effective lessons and coaching that you can fit between practice and the rest of life. We coach parents, coaches, and athletes in the mental and emotional health tools they need to create an environment for athletes to thrive. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your success, your mind. Check us out at athletesmindsetacademy.com. Let's do this.